To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied unto you. Amen. The word of our Lord for our meditation this today comes from Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. In the name of our Lord Jesus, who has joined us all into one body by faith and honor, to honor, serve each other, just as we honor and serve him, our head, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Unamnio, the Spanish philosopher, tells about the Roman aqueduct at Segovia his native, in his native Spain. It was built around 108 A.D., and for 1,800 years, it carried cool water from the mountains to the hot and thirsty city. Nearly 60 generations of men drank from its flow. Then came another generation, a recent one, who said, The aqueduct is a great marvel, and it ought to be preserved for our children. We shall relieve it of its century-long labor. They did. They laid iron pipes. They gave the ancient bricks and mortar a reverent rest. And then the aqueduct began to fall apart. The sun beating on the dry mortar caused it to crumble. The bricks and stone sagged and threatened to fall. What ages of service could not destroy, idleness disintegrated. Decay and idleness is a very real threat to Christian faith as well. We are especially susceptible to our faith breaking down when we neglect our call as members of a congregation. Christ called us together as a congregation to preach the gospel by word and deed, worship and service. These two activities of worship and service take place in, wouldn't you know it, the worship service. And so as we come to meditate on the Word of God here in Psalm 100 today, let us consider how we bless and are blessed by joining together regularly for church. Our focus this morning is this, worship service in the worship service. May the Spirit encourage us today through the study of His Word to prioritize this wonderful gift. We call this gathering together every Sunday to hear the word and sing hymns, the worship service. But we mostly focus on the first part and frequently ignore the second part, don't we? We come for the worship, but don't consider the service that is taking place here. And perhaps you're a little offended by that, Mark. Perhaps you're thinking to yourself, what do you want from me? I take time out of my busy schedule and I'm here most Sundays. I put my offering in the plate, I sing the hymns. How could my service be lacking? How am I not serving in the worship service? But 
if you think that we call this service this a service primarily because of your service or my service, you're sorely mistaken. Service to the Lord and to others is not a bad thing. It is a good thing. We certainly don't want to discourage anyone in that regard. But it's of the utmost importance that we realize that we must first be served before we can accomplish any God-pleasing service ourselves. Verse 3 of our text exhorts us, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. This verse refers to both the natural knowledge of God and the revealed knowledge of God. The natural knowledge of God is this. We know that there is a God, an intelligent creator of all things, by looking around at creation itself. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and the firmament shows his handiwork. By looking at the stars in the sky, the intricate ecosystem of the planet Earth, the marvels of the human body, we know that we didn't just luck into existence. We also know, because of the conscience that God placed in our hearts, that we have disobeyed Him and that we are sinners. And that's as much as we can know on our own. That's why it's so important that we come to the worship service in order that we might be served with the revealed knowledge of God. To learn and relearn that we are the people and the sheep of his pasture. The stars in the sky can't tell us that Jesus, the good shepherd, died on the cross for your sins. The trees and rivers of the mountains can't tell you that God has conquered death and hell for his people. The wonders of our human frame can't inform you, the sheep of his pasture, about eternal life that is yours by grace through faith. Salvation through Christ is only revealed through God's word, the Holy Scriptures. You would think that we'd be eager on a Sunday morning to gather for the worship service to be served by God through the preaching of his word. You'd think that we'd jump out of bed with the zeal of the writer of Psalm 100, who almost frantically seeks the joy and comfort of gathering together with like-minded believers to hear again the sweet gospel message. Did you feel that way this morning? Did you, or did you feel sluggish and obligated to be here? Is church a chore for you? Has gathering together to hear God's revealed will and to see his love for us shown in Christ become more of a thing that you do for God than something that God does for you? If that sounds like you, then hear the psalmist's solution to your joyless and empty worship in verses 4 and 5. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Complacent and obligatory worship becomes thankful and purposeful worship when we hear from the preacher as from the lips of God himself that the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Sometimes you see t-shirts or bumper stickers that say, 
Life is good. It's true. There are many beautiful things that the Lord blesses us with this, in this life. But you'd be leading a pretty charmed life if you felt like life only consists of sunshine and daisies. There are hardships and trials and heartbreaks. There are worries and fears and doubts. By the grace of God, there are many parts of life that are pleasant, but I think you'd agree that there are many parts of it that aren't. And yet, through it all, whether life is good or not, whether we feel happy or not, whether it seems like we are the king of the world or the bottom of the barrel, the Lord is good. And that doesn't ever change. In every distress in this temporal life, we still have joy that does not fade or change because God's mercy does not fade or change. The day for the worship in the Old Testament was called the Sabbath, the day of rest. And while it's true that the day of rest meant rest from physical labors, much more importantly, it was rest for Israel's soul. And in our day, worship is a day of rest as well, because we, here in the Word, find rest in our souls. Psalm 100 rightly calls us sheep, because we love to wander. With each day that passes through the week, we become more focused on the wrong things, the earthly things, the selfish things. But on Sunday, we are pulled back and regrounded. We begin our week with what Jesus called the one thing needful. Hearing the forgiveness of sins for Christ's sake and the promise of eternal life in his name. How can we not rejoice and give thanks for that? How could we not have the same eagerness, eagerness that the psalmist expresses here when it comes to us entering the house of God for our worship service? Why on earth would we ever trade this blessed opportunity for another hour's sleep? You shoulder heavy burdens. You carry great sorrows. You have tough questions. But Jesus extends his timeless invitation to you in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What hope, what comfort, what joy is ours when we gather together in Jesus' name and he comes to us here to be truly present in our hour of worship and to pour out his promises of grace, mercy, and eternal rest. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth does endure to all generations. And this peace and joy is not something confined to just one hour on Sunday. It can be found every day of the week in the dusty old Bible on your shelf. Anytime you feel the pressing load of sin or the many cares of this life, you can worship the Lord on your own with your family and with your church family. Read a devotion, sing a hymn, and say a prayer. Every day be filled with thankful worship to God who saved us by grace and claimed us as his own children. Having first been served by the Lord through his word, then 
having served him in our worship to him, we would be remiss if we didn't also look to the benefits of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit works among us when we come together for worship. Not only do we serve God, but we also serve one another. As Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you, just as you also are doing. The writer to the Hebrews also says in chapter 11, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the matter of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. We encourage one another when we come together for worship. It's like singing in church. If you had to sit in the sanctuary by yourself and sing a hymn, you could probably do that, and it would be beneficial and God-pleasing. But how much better is it when there are 10 or 20 together singing hallelujahs to our King? The Lord created us to worship together. When we do so, we are not only receiving the benefits of fellowship and joy, but are also serving others by strengthening the fellowship and increasing others' joy in the Spirit. What a blessing, what a blessing calling our gracious God has given us to be united, as one, united with one another as a flock by our shared faith in our loving shepherd, Jesus Christ. To keep a loving watch over one another, ensuring that we are all receiving the word of life regularly and faithfully to build up one another under trials and to bear one another's each other's burdens, to join our voices as one, to remind ourselves of God's love for us in Christ, and encourage one another to share that message with others. There are several stories surrounding Niccolo Paganini's that depict him as the violinist who sold his soul to the devil. Maybe the first uh, of stories like that. Another story, in another story, his violin was willed to Genoa, the city of his birth, on the condition that the instrument was never to be played. That would be an unfortunate condition because uh, the Violins are meant to be played. The myth goes that the violin, unused, fell into uh, disrepair. The exquisite mellotone violin has now deteriorated in a beautiful case, valueless as, except as a relic. The reality is that it has been kept in playable condition and playing it is one of the prizes in a youth contest every two years. Violins are meant to be played. Like that old Roman aqueduct, many things in this world are susceptible to breaking down when they stop being used. God forbid, forbid that we let this precious gift of faithful fellowship slip away from us. May the Holy Spirit protect us our little flock, from falling into disrepair, from disuse and disdain of the word. 
Rather, when it comes to Sunday morning and every other day and every time, may God grant that we also always treasure our calling as members of this church. And may he help us through the power of his word to remember that the worship service, remember the worship and service in the worship service. We first must be served by the Lord with his powerful word before we can do anything else, hearing ourselves the great things God has accomplished for and promised for his son's sake. Having heard of the grace of God in Christ, we cannot help but come before him in thankful and joyful worship, serving with our lips the God who has saved us by his blood. And when we do this, we rejoice that the Lord gives us the opportunity to serve one another through the building up and encouragement that our worship together brings. With this joy and zeal we find in our worship and service together, let us read Psalm 100 responsively. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Know that the Lord, He is God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting. Therefore, the God shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And his truth endures to all May the peace of God which passes may the peace of God who brought you up uh, brought our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead that great shepherd of the sheep through the bud and the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will working in you what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever amen the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.